Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 51 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here alongside San Jose Sharks prospect Ethan Cardwell, as always. Cards, how's it going, man? No, it's it's going amazing. Um, just another day. Um, I don't even know what's going on in my life. Not too much, so it's kind of boring right now. Uh, just a Monday night, so I'll flip it over to you. What do you got going on? Uh, our regular season starts this week. It's been an exciting time at, at Brock, finally. And actually, it was Halloween weekend. So, uh, did you do you get up to anything for Halloween? Uh, not much. Just kind of hung out, hung out with a few buddies. Just got in costume anyway. Um, what was your costume? Like you were the president or something? What was that? Yeah, I was JFK with blonde hair. So, that, <laughs> yeah, good one, man. <laughs> yeah, I was. What were you? At- did you did you do anything? What would you go? I, didn't, I didn't really do anything this year all i did i i didn't actually get a costume or anything i just went we had a road game uh against western and we came back it was late and i just got beers with my brother downtown um at a good spot i like here in st Catharines, and that was really it i saw everybody like out partying and stuff but i just kind of took a chill night just had a few with my brother caught up with him and and went home and went to bed honestly it, was, it wasn't it was my first halloween really not doing anything but we won the game so i was i was happy i was having a good night um yeah, that's when you know you're getting old, man. You're 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 officially past Halloween. You don't even care to dress up. Just more excited about your team's success. That's that's a good GM right there. <laughs> yeah, our our boys had a fun night though. I know you you definitely saw some snaps and some Insta stories from the boys. They they had quite the party. Yeah, I saw Rochi, Gales, all the boys buzzing. Yeah, they were all wearing like matching costumes and stuff. It was it was pretty funny. They had a good time. But so I actually. I don't usually like the team works out every morning and I don't usually go to the workouts, but every now and then I pop in and I'm always talking to the trainers and stuff and hearing about it, but I wanted to see who was going to show up to work out today after back-to-back like party nights. Um, so I go in this morning uh, to see who's at workout and like the whole team was there working hard. And I was, I was pretty surprised, honestly. I know like, you know, it's not like uh, in the OHL, right? Like they're allowed to miss a workout here and there. We don't want them missing. Like we want them at least at a workout every week. But uh, they, they can miss one, especially if they have class or whatever. But I was like, for sure, no one's coming. Um, and everyone was there, man. And it was impressive. So we, we're dedicated. Groups ready to go. Yeah, you got, a, you got a good group. Actually, Rangers agree with a deal with Adam Fox for a seven-year contract. Just popped up on my phone. So there's some NHL news for you. That's but, a big uh, one to lock up for him. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. And I guess we're kind of talking about NHL players right now. So. I'll introduce our guest this week, two-time NHL Stanley Cup champion, Mitchell Stevens, and a former World Junior alumni, played in Saginaw like me. So we have a great interview with him coming to you. Great dude. Good to catch up with him. Guy I skated with like my whole life growing up, like watching him and a guy like, I was like, wow, looking up to him. And so now just catching up with the pod, it's pretty funny that uh, that's how things turned out like that. But uh no, it's, yeah, it's I just want to jump in about him just to, to finish up what we're talking about. He's 24 years old, currently on the Detroit Red Wings, not on Tampa anymore, but he did start his NHL career with Tampa, won two cups there, and then this offseason was traded to Detroit where he is now, and they're having a good season. But yeah, I'll send it back over to you. Yeah, thanks for making it more professional, you know, cleaning it up, giving, giving the details, just straight, straight details. And actually, it's kind of funny because we get a few one-word answers from him later on in this episode that are pretty funny, too. So yep. it's a good one. Looking forward to getting that one to you guys. But um, no, I want to get uh, get your thoughts on uh, kind of the NHL, how, how the season started there. 
well the Leafs are winning again so I'm I'm happy there um yeah it's you know still Buffalo continues to to win you see uh some even Detroit like continues to win it's a bit of a different year Montreal struggling now as expected um uh Carolina is really good man we've kind of we haven't really talked about them when we talk about who's contending and stuff what do you think about Carolina you think they really have what it takes to go go far here yeah I like what they got um and it's different because like this year it's like the it's the, the most obscure teams if you had asked us like probably five years ago if these teams would be in the hunt you'd be like are you crazy and you got Florida you got Carolina right there and well, this goes on like the Isles are a force to be reckoned with too the Isles are sick yeah. they look unbelievable Ovechkin also, I have to mention this because I see every night I go on and I look who scored, and this guy just doesn't stop. He's going to break Gretzky's record, I think. Yeah, what, he, think? what does he have, nine now already or ten even? Yeah, he has like nine or ten. This guy, yeah. you can't stop him from scoring. It's, it's ridiculous, really. Yeah, no, he's insane. I, I agree. It'd be pretty nasty if he breaks Gretzky's record. We got to get him on the pod. Um, now, Sunday, Sunday. Okay, I was going to – I have this written down. I'm going to see you Sunday in Hamilton. See you and the boys there. Yeah. So, uh, do we want to talk about uh, – I don't know. Oh, I'm giving – that. yeah, I'm giving you your trophy. That's what it was. So, I'll yeah, see you after big, the big trophy presentation after my game. Hopefully, well, it goes I'm well wondering still. if I should vlog it. Do the listeners want us to post, like, a showman vlog? Like, I don't know. Do you think that would be cool? Post, hey, you should post, like, a vlog of, like, the whole day. Like, you know, one of those TikToks that people make where it's, like, waking up and then it's like going to the game and then like yeah, video and it's like a mid-afternoon game. game so i i could do it and i'm i'm gonna bring my buddy along with me i think um over to the game so he can film for me too when i don't want to be like selfie filming because you'll get in it after the game will come down and we'll uh do the i'll give the thing to you on video and stuff so i, I think i'll try to vlog it uh maybe yeah, get some good cool. content grow the youtube and yeah stuff. um there, there was a story i wanted to share that was shared with me not my own story but uh this is funny, an, an ECHL story. So uh, my buddy plays in the ECHL, and he was just saying how the other night, it, like Halloween weekend, they, they just played hey, back. Yeah. You got to just start calling it the coast just to make it easier. It, okay. It's so long when you say the ECHL every time. You've done it a few times now. I'm just like, just call it All the right, coast. All right, the coast, the coast. My buddy plays in the coast. They, they had back-to-back games against the same team on this past Halloween weekend. And after their Saturday night game, uh, the team has a big Halloween party and um, it was at my buddy's house and they have this, this huge party. all the teams there, the team and the girlfriends, like that was pretty much it. And then uh, he's saying it's like one, 2 AM and he's, my buddy's starting to go to bed. It's pretty loud in his apartment where he just like locked himself in the room, goes to bed. Um, and he says it starts getting rowdy and he goes, the whole other team that they played against had come back from the bar and, and came over to the party. And uh, I guess he was saying there was a few buddies, like mutual friends on, on each team. So they invited their friends, but then the friends on the other team invited the whole team. So now both these teams are at the same party. There was a few fights in the game too, by the way, as, as often there is in the coast. And he said they were all getting along and stuff, but it was like craziness. And he's walking out in his own house. There's 70 people, by the way, in a two bedroom apartment. It's not a house, um, tiny, tiny place. And uh, they're partying with the other team right after a rowdy game and stuff. And I was like, that's so coast, man. Like, there's just no that way is, just house party with both teams. That is the most coast thing I've heard in a while. And the best part about the coast is, like, it's a phenomenal league. Like, the players there are so good. It's just so funny, like, the reputation the coast has and some of the stories you get. Like, we heard from Nate Thompson. We hear from 
Ivan Crosby talks. Do you want to hear a funny coast story or just oh, yeah. him talk about the coast in general? He, he refers to it as the cheese league. So yeah. if you want to go hear about that one, I'm not sure what episode, episode six, I think. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. six. Go listen to that. That's funny if you're interested in coast. Uh, the Ivan interview stories. might be the funniest one we've ever done. Like the stories that come out of that are just outrageous, by the way. Like if you want to hear straight funny stories, insane stories even. Um, yeah, like episode six with Ivan is nuts. You can't even imagine some of this stuff. And it's not even like he's like, like trying to get into these messes. It's just happening to him. And it's so funny. So yeah, if you want a good laugh, go listen to that one. You'll definitely hear more about the, the cheese league as he calls it. Who's buzzing your phone up cards? The listeners are wondering. Yeah. A couple TikTok DMs. So probably somebody, either the girlfriend or buddy sending me some funny TikToks. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, is there anything we want to touch on here before we kind of send it over to the interview now? No, I think we're good. So uh, with that being said, we'll send it over to Mitch Stevens now. All right. And now we are absolutely pleased to be joined by Mitchell Stevens of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I heard people told me to call you Chubby. What, what's that about? <laughs> yeah, that's a nickname I've had for a long time. Uh, mostly all my peer row buddies or guys that I played with growing up call me that. But uh, sort of got lost in the wind when I – start going to pro all right what do you call now just like stevie yeah stevie that's what usually stevie. the guys call me uh i know a couple guys i played with fabs growing up a little bit knew him a bit so he still calls me chubby so all right i'm going i'll go chubs for the pod but uh right. <laughs> stevie chubs where, where are you at right now uh we're in montreal so we play uh montreal tomorrow and then uh go to boston and then buffalo Okay, so uh, Buffalo is kind of a wagon this year. Yeah, from they're they're playing well. It seems hot. So yeah, but Ross, so so is Detroit. Oh, I know. I was about to get into that. I was gonna say, how are things going over there? You're winning a bunch of games, and people kind of didn't really expect it. Yeah, everything's going great here. Um, good young core team. Um, you know, we're just people don't expect us to to do you know, well in this league because we're, we're so young and, you know, coming off the season last year. Um, there's a lot of uh, new faces, myself included, coming in and um, a lot of guys that, you know, are breaking through. And uh, you have the addition of the two two young kids, Cider and Raymond, that are on fire right now. And, you know, for us, it's, you know, we're trying to, you know, outcompete every team, you know, every night. So, um, everything's been going well. Transition's been great here. And, you know, it's an original six organization, so you can't go wrong, right? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I was wondering if, if you've met Ryan Murphy around there yet. Yeah, I, I know Murph, yeah. Yeah, we, we had him on the podcast a few weeks ago, and it was an awesome interview with him. But I know he's, he's down in the AHL right now, but uh, he's, he's pretty nasty. Like, I hope he gets the call up soon. But I just was wondering, like, what do you think of that guy? Oh, Murph's a great guy. Yeah, we live we live close to each other back home in the summer. Okay. So we got golf course a bunch. And no, yeah, Murph's a sick hockey player. Good guy, too. So, yeah. Okay. Um. So, one of the things I had noted down is this is expected to be your first full NHL season. Um. I don't want to like be jinxing anything or whatever, but can you just tell us about what it's like going in every night? You know, you're safe. Like, how does, how do you feel right now about your own game? Uh, I feel good right now about my game. Um, you know, for me, it's, you know, bringing the intangibles every night and, um, 
you know, I'm not so much looking forward to, to the next night or the night keep going like that. It's, you know, for me, it's the focus is, you know, night in, night out, take it day by day. And, um, you know, I've learned the, the last couple of years, you know, it was with Tampa's, um, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So, um, you know, for me, it's, you know, expectation on myself is, you know, coming in, you know, whether it's a practice or game, it's, you know, competing to the best of my ability and see what happens from there. Yeah. And I, we're going to send it back to junior here, obviously talk about sag nasty a bit and stuff, but um, first I want to talk about, so you were there during the game, but I'm sure everyone's seeing the clips right now of like you guys just like your team blocking 600 shots in one shift. What was that like on the bench? Oh, that was wild. Even like, I don't know, it was like 45 seconds of chaos. And then the crowd just went absolutely bananas. And you sit on the bench, everyone's standing up, everyone's cheering. I think the guys ate about 10 pucks. And then we go down two minutes later and score and tie the game. And it was just the rest of the game, the fans were standing. And it was just the overall atmosphere, the energy that that brought was, was nuts. Yeah, it's good to see, too, because obviously, like you said, like original six team struggling as of late. And now you guys are kind of figuring it out this year. So it's good to see the crowds back into it, too. And just for reference, Rask, I'm going to mention him for the, for the listeners. So when Chubby was like, I don't know, maybe minor midget or something like, I don't know. He, he might have been like first in the uh, first year in the O and stuff like I used to skate with him when I was really young, Rask. And uh, yeah, and I was just wheeling around, whatever, doing my thing and like at this this guy was Wayne Gretzky and I'd go up to my skating instructor like Mary I'd be like who oh, is this guy he's unbelievable like I want to be like him and she's like yeah and I, I just remember I was like in awe of this guy's skating like every day I'd be like holy crap like this guy's the greatest thing that, that ever played and now it's crazy <laughs> obviously we're, we're catching up here on the pod but um yeah we'll send it back to junior now um obviously played in SAG the most beautiful city in the OHL other than Barry, I guess, but um, no, you, you spent it. You spent a bunch of time there. Um, so you want to just tell us, like, obviously I went through it too, but like moving there as a 16 year old to like kind of the States for the first time, how was that for you? Yeah, it was, it was an adjustment. Um, you know, I, I love SAG. I had great billets there. Uh, I got really close with the family. So um, really enjoyed my time, but, you know, coming as a 16 year old, you know, anywhere you go, really, it's, it's an adjustment and a change, but, um, you know, my 16 year old year, I, you know, our unbelievable coach, Greg Gilbert, he's coached a lot of games, played a lot of games in the NHL. So, you know, he helped me a lot, you know, and, and sort of, you know, bringing my game to a, a pro style and, you know, everyone from top to bottom was, you know, super welcoming and, you know, supportive there you know, I got the opportunity to, to get traded my last year to London, but, you know, in Saginaw was, was, uh, was good. Yeah. And like Saginaw was getting spit on kind of like, I guess that was when you were there, like when you got drafted there, it was like a bottom of the barrel organization kind of, and you kind of started like the upbringing of it. And then by the time I got there, it's like known as like a good organization in a league. So like, everything there like could you kind of see the momentum kind of swinging towards like hey like Saginaw is going to become like a, a city that people want to play in yeah I think so I think you know when, when I first got there there was you know the culture was different and it was sort of you know guys would get traded to Saginaw and 
you know, they, they leave or, you know, they get drafted, then they leave. And, um, you know, when I got there, it was, we had some, some good young rookies that got drafted and came in and played well. And, um, I think it was my second year, my draft year. Um, we, uh, we traded all, you know, all the older guys away and just brought in prospects and, uh, good young players. And, you know, I think that sort of was sort of a rebuild and, in the sense of a culture change and um you know when you got there and I know, I know when my cousin you know got traded there too it was you, know, you guys were on fire you guys were winning and um you know I think that's just the the culture shift and now I think they're doing well again so it's you know with the the young players that are coming in and you know Saginaw is you know becoming a force yeah they're definitely becoming legit and just for reference for, for the listeners, cousin of Owen Tippett, uh, former guest of the pod as well. Um, the fiery redhead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I want to know about, uh, so you played with Kosk. And Kosk was a rookie when you were there, I yeah. think. And what was it? Because, like, I lived with him. So, like, he was, like, my mentor, as bad as it sounds. Um, oh. So, what was it like playing with Kosk as a rookie? Oh. You know what? That guy, he's so skilled so silky with the pocket and you know he's just I don't know he was he was a rookie when I I think I was in my third or fourth year and you know I came in and you know full full steam just wanted to go 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 and had to sort of cost settle down a little bit um no he was a great kid good kid he's he was a good player in the in the OHL I'm not sure where he is now but um is he in the American League he's playing in Bridgeport now Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess moving on here, kind of, you get to see in the fourth year, so that's obviously an honor. And just, like, how was that season going for you guys in uh, in SAG? And then you were obviously traded to Londo, and then tell us about your time playing for Londo. Obviously, it gets so much hype from everybody around the league who always plays there. Um, so does it live up to the hype, and how cool was it to go on a run like that? Yeah, I got, uh, I got traded that after the world juniors that year um, to London. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, I wanted to, to try and win a OHL championship and, you know, try to go somewhere where, you know, it was an opportunity for me to succeed an opportunity for, for Saginaw as well for the future. So, um, you know, going to London was, was awesome. You're playing in front of 10,000 fans every night. It's a mini NHL city rink, everything. And, um, you know, being in that city was, was awesome. And you're sort of feel like you're on top of the world in the junior atmosphere and that's, you know, second to none. So, um, no, I had a great time there. It was, it was awesome. And, you know, I played with a lot of great players. Yeah. No kidding. Who, who did you play with there? Like who was on that team when you guys made the run? Uh, my line was, uh, Robert Thomas and, Yanni Kokanen. Oh, and then I think it was Cliff Pooh, Max Jones, uh, Sam Militich. Couple podcast alum. We got yeah, we had yeah. uh we had Robert Thomas and Max Jones on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both great guys. Um Mete, Bouchard. Oh. That's yeah. ridiculous. And it yeah, we had, it, a, we had a good good young team. It was well, who's in that? Who's in? Oh, Parsons. Uh, okay. Well, like, and, 
bunch it's of those crazy. guys are playing in the NHL right now, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I was I was just gonna say that. Like, it just seems like every year London's just spitting out guys into the NHL. Like, at like a random night, you just see oh, former London Knight making his debut. It's crazy. Like, they they do a great job of developing guys, obviously. And then, so yeah, it's it's a sick place to play. But you want to tell us a bit about the World Juniors, obviously, because that's kind of one of the biggest honors you can uh, achieve as a junior hockey player in the world. Yeah, that was, it was special <laughs> going over to Finland and um, there's just no sunlight. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was different. We we're, you know, I guess that's the, the way it is there, but um, you know, being able to represent Canada at the world juniors, um, you know, I was always used to watch it boxing day with my family and, you know, that's just, you know, every, anytime you're in junior and you want to play for, for Canada world juniors. Right. So, um, we had a really young team and we lost to Finland in the quarters, but, um, we knew like the following year was going to be a lot of returning guys. And, you know, it was in Toronto, Montreal too. So, um, I just, the vivid picture that I still have of going out for the gold medal game in Montreal, the bell center, bell center, and it's just completely red. Just Canada jerseys, red, the entire rank. And it's kind of like you're going out and you're in a blur and it's just noise. And I can still picture that. I We're playing in Montreal tomorrow, so it's going to be, you know, you still picture that sort of Canada atmosphere. And you know, obviously we lost in the shootout, but. Oh, yeah. Memory... That was, I was trying to remember which year that was. That was horrible. Yeah, that was I had a great seat for that shootout. I was sitting beside Ray Ferraro and just obviously it didn't work out the way we wanted, but that's, that's hockey, right? I remember I was driving home from somewhere. I just remember listening to it on the radio though. And I was pissed enough as it is that it was going to a shootout. And I remember hearing that when we lost, I was losing it. I I was so angry at that point. I I honestly didn't think, I didn't know it was going to a shootout. I thought we were just going to play Five on five, 20 minutes after yeah. 20 minutes. And... Yeah. Rasp, wow. you don't know the best part of what you just said? You just what? said uh, when we went to a shootout, like you were on the team. <laughs> but that's, that's what's good about the World Juniors, man. Like the whole country feels like they're a part of it. It's like it's yeah. Canada's, Canada's yeah. tournament, man. Like, um, I, I remember that too, though, because like I was at my buddy's. I was like, what's going on? Like, why are we like, not we, you know, you got me saying it. Uh, why, why is it going to a shootout? Um, and yeah, that's actually a joke. Like, I, I don't know if they, that's still the rule or not, but like that, that can't be a thing. Like that can't be how you get a gold medal or silver medal. I think it's, it's so a joke. Stupid. It still pisses me off anyway. Yeah. I can't imagine how you must feel, but I want to talk <laughs> about, uh, the, the NHL draft and you went second round 33rd overall to Tampa. Um, and I'm just curious, can you tell us about how your draft went? Assuming, uh, you know, you probably might've thought you'd go in the first round or something like that. Like, how was your both draft days for you? Uh, well, I didn't really know where exactly I was going to go. Um, you know, I had an indication that it could be late first, second, could have been third. But, um, you know, I, I didn't go in with any expectations. I just, you know, I was down in Florida, so I spent the first day, whatever, at the beach and – just hung out and sort of you obviously you get a little nervous and you know you want to get there early but 
you know, as the day, first day went on, it was, you know, we're sitting there, you know, a lot of high end guys are going and, and then there's guys on the board that you think would go higher and then, you know, it just keeps trickling down. But, you know, I was, you know, grateful that, you know, I got to go to Tampa on the second day and, um, you know, it, uh, everything sort of worked out from there. And it must have made things easier going so, like, what was that, second pick of the second day or just off the board like that? Yeah, I think it was second or third, something it like that. Might but, have been third. Yeah, but I, think it was, what, I think it started at 10 a.m. So by the time we were yeah. out of there, like, like one or two, it was like the full day, day to, to celebrate, right? So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good time. Was Did Iserman draft you? Yes, yeah. And then – obviously traded for you now so how's yeah. your relationship with him oh it's you know you talk to him here and there but um you know he gave me an opportunity to come to Detroit here and um you know earn it earn an opportunity to to play more and play a bigger role and um you know for me I'm just I'm running with that that opportunity right now yeah, I mean, he must like you if he wanted you on both teams. And I'm curious, did you have a lot of contact with Tampa throughout the, the draft year, a lot of meetings, or, or was it pretty quiet? Um, no, so we had the combine, and I think I remember telling my dad or my agent that I thought I had my best, you know, combine interview with Tampa. So I, I guess it's it's funny how it works out like that. Yeah, it is interesting. Did you just feel like you were repeating yourself over and over again to every team, though? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You just try to you go in and you try to sell yourself and answer the questions as best you can, and uh, just be honest, really, of who you are, and you know, throughout the questions that they ask you, I guess. So. Yeah, uh, and I'm just curious too how you felt you played in your draft year, knowing you can see yourself in the rankings. Maybe you get a few in the first round, a few maybe in the second or third, and you have to balance kind of not knowing what's happening with your own play. So how did that affect you? And, and how do you feel you did? Uh, so that year we traded uh, a lot of the older guys on our team in, in Saginaw. And I think after the deadline or close to the end of the season, it was um, me and Ty Felber and another guy playing on the first line. So I was able to, to play a lot. Um, and then I ended up going to the, the world champion under 18 world championships that, that summer too. So I had a great tournament there and um, I was playing with Barzell and Olivier. That was my line. So, you know, I was able to, you know, have a good showing and really show the, the scouts or the general managers that were there that, you know, I could play well. So um I guess that sort of, you know, lifted me a little bit. But All right, yeah, and obviously being drafted to Tampa, you get into their system and then uh, start yourself off in the AHL with Syracuse. So do you want to talk a little bit about how your adjustment to the AHL went and uh, your few years there? Yeah, you know, going to Syracuse. Well, my last year junior, we lost out um, in the playoffs, and then I went up for – uh, as sort of like a ATO um, black ace sort of thing with uh, with the crunch. Um, they went on a run to the finals that year. So I was able to play, I think I played three games in the playoffs that year. Um, but just to have that experience early instead of, you know, 
before you go in for your first year pro was, was awesome. You got to sort of see what it takes to, to win, you know, at that level. And it's different, it's so much more different than, um, than junior or any type of, you know, junior league. So, um, you know, for me to come in as a, my first year pro was, was an adjustment. Um, you know, you're playing against a lot bigger guys, a lot faster guys, older guys. And, um, you know, there was seven rookies my year. And um, when it was all said and done, um, there was four of us on that, uh, five of us, sorry, on that uh, first Stanley Cup that we won. So, um, you know, the coach, Benoit Grew, was, was great to, you know, and teaching us little things about the game and uh, intangibles that you, you need to accomplish every day. And uh, I definitely probably, I definitely wouldn't be sitting here without the, without his coaching and, um, you know, sort of, you know, turning my game into more of a pro style. And you talk about all the differences like in the arena, on the ice, stuff like that. But like, how about living away from the rink, like cooking on your own, living on your own for the first time? How was that for you? For me, it was, it was easy because I love to cook. So it was, it was, it wasn't a transition at all. And, um, you know, for me, I, my first year I lived with Sorelli until they got called up. Um, but yeah, we would cook every night and, you know, it was, it was good because, you know, if we didn't want to cook, we'd call some of the guys who go out for dinner or something like that. You didn't have to worry about, um, you know, telling your bills where you're going or getting back for curfew or, or something like that. Right. So, um, it was fun and, you know, yeah, easy transition for me. Yeah. And speaking of Sorelli getting called up and all that, were you ever like concerned or like worried when maybe you weren't getting the call or other guys got the call and how, how'd you kind of deal with that your first years or like, yeah. Well, yeah, it's sort of, it's always in the back of your mind, you know, what, what am I doing wrong or what could I do better and, and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you don't know what they're looking for. You don't know what the team needs at that point. And, you know, for me, my first year, I, you know, I thought I had a, a great, you know, first year pro and coming into my second year, um, I ran into a little bit of an injury bug. I only played about 30 games. So um, you know, there was no opportunity I thought, in my mind to, to get a, a chance to get called up. But um, so I went down for my third year after that. And I think it was around, uh, December 8th, I got called up and, you know, for me, that was, that was incredible. And, you know, going to play my first game um, and then ultimately sticking. So um, you just never know when the opportunity is going to come and you just have to be ready for it, I guess. So that leads me right into what I was going to say. And uh, that 2019, 2020 season, you did get to play with the lightning 38 regular season games, seven in the playoffs. And, you know, you talk about your first game. I'm just curious how you found out you were going to play. Like, maybe tell us about the 24 hours kind of leading up to that game and how it all went down for you and then how the game went. Yeah, so it was a, it was a Sunday. And uh, I think a couple of days before, a week before, we just bought a dog. 
So I ended up going to get the dog, come back. He's all settled. My girlfriend's there. Um, and then I get the call on a Sunday to, hey, you're whatever, you're going to come up. Um, probably going to play, but uh, we're going to get you a flight tonight to, to Tampa uh, for the Islanders game tomorrow. So I'm scrambling. I'm trying to pack. I don't know how long I'm going to pack for. So I packed a small suitcase and then figured out how to get the dog back home so that my girlfriend, my family could fly down for the game and um, end up going there. Talked to the coach in the morning. He said, you're, you're going tonight. So, um, yeah, it was, I was able to, to have my family and my girlfriend there. So it was perfect. Um, it was a little jittery. Not going to lie, I think the most nerve-wracking part of it was the morning skate because you don't know the guys, you're, you don't know the drills or whatever, and I think I messed up a few passes just being so excited or nervous, and then, you know, by game time, it's, you know, it's hockey. Your instincts take over and sort of, you know, all the the noise just goes away, so. Okay, wow. Um, I'm curious who – well, how long did it take you to score your first goal? And then when you did, who did you score it on and how did it go? Like, how'd you score it? Uh, I think it took me a month. No, I'm not sure how many games it was, but okay. I scored against Carey Price, my first goal. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. It was uh, a shot off a stick, off the guy's head and around Carey Price. Okay. Wow. So what, it hit the guy's head and went, oh, you shot it off the stick and off the head? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's they don't a- ask how, though, right? Yeah, no. they don't, man. <laughs> wow. I was also curious just how your experience was uh, in the NHL bubble, and we'll get to the Stanley Cup and stuff, but just being in that bubble and, you know, seeing other guys on other teams and elevators and stuff, like how, how was that experience for you? Uh, it was different. It was a lot of time to be away. Um, but at the same time, you're you're with the guys 24-7. So I think, you know, you build the, the team bonding and the camaraderie and everything that comes with it. But um, honestly, I think that helped us because, you know, being on that pause for so long and then going to the bubble, you know, only around the guys, you, you build that that chemistry or that, you know, that bond together quickly, right? So, um no, it was different seeing a lot of the guys from different teams, but you know so many guys, whether you're playing against them or playing with them, right? So um, I was able to see my cousin a bunch and then, um, you know, different guys in the league. But for the most part, we were in tightening group and together the whole time. So, yeah, I want to get to the part that everyone kind of wants to hear about, and we're going to hear about it twice, I guess. So you win the cup in your first year in the NHL, which is – unbelievable we had Robbie Thomas who did it too and it's it's crazy really guys been around I don't know there's lists of guys who don't have a cup yet but just tell us about that like winning the cup and just the cup finals against Dallas in the bubble like could you still feel like all the momentum and support from the fans and stuff even though it was an empty building or like what was the feel in there I think it was there wasn't that many momentum shifts I think in the games, because, you know, when you're going to a opposing rank and it's hostile and um, they score and the crowd's going nuts and then you're sort of like back on your, your heels. Right. So, um, you know, for us, we, we just played and 
kind of we were excited for each other. We got each other pumped up and the momentum shift. Once you had momentum, it was hard to, to get rid of it. So, um, you know, for, for me, I didn't, I didn't play in the, in the finals, but, um, you know, I know, you know, it was, uh, it was an incredible run. Kind of the other thing a lot of people want to know about, like even more than winning the cup, we want to know about like what happened after, because there's so much stuff about you guys just being animals with the cup after and stuff. So can you tell us a little bit about that with the first one anyway? Yeah. Um, so it was just strictly the guys and like the coaches and everything. And we had the visiting room in, in Edmonton and, I think we we were there till like 2 a.m. in the room, just drinking, taking pictures, drinking out of the cup, everything, cigars, you name it. And then we didn't fly out till 9 a.m. the next morning. So uh, I think I probably slept an hour, maybe. But, you know, we're in the meal room and we weren't able to go to the clubs or anything like that, right? So we were just meal room with the guys drinking beers, having a good time. And there are some things that, you know, happened in the room that I probably shouldn't say, but <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what about the, the second cup? I mean, first, I know like you didn't play, but tell us about that winning that second cup, you know, being on the ice, lifting it in front of a packed building and, and then, you know, what happened after you won the second cup? Yeah, if, for me, it was, a, it was a challenging year. Um, you know, I got hurt, had to have surgery, missed, you know, most of the year. And then um, the playoffs came and the boys just rolled. Um, it was like the year before all over again, right? So, um, you know, winning at home, lifting in front of the Tampa fans, the crowd, it was – it was electric. It was awesome. Um, just the, the overall playoff atmosphere was, was sweet, especially in the finals. It was, um, I, I remember in, in game four, cause we were in much Montreal and, um, we don't know if we're going to sweep them or win. And we were downstairs in the, the secondary dressing room dressed in overtime, just yeah. you never know. Right. So, um, we did that again. And, no, it was, uh, you know, it was special to win twice for sure. So then what about after? How's that, how's that party different? You have boat parade times too, crazier. Boat parade. You know, things are more opened up with COVID and all that, especially in Florida, no rules. So tell us about that. There's no COVID in Florida. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> exist. <then>. But <laughs> no, the boat parade by far was the coolest two times I've ever done that. It was, it was wicked. Um, the first one was, was, you know, we were right in the midst of, you know, the COVID, the scares and all that. So we were still able to do it. But, you know, this year it was, it was wicked. And we get all the, we get off the boats. There's this, you know, stage or whatever, big hall that we're you know, having a bite to eat. And um, we're going out to the, there's thousands of fans out there waiting. There's just a full on rainstorm. And, we thought it died down or whatever. We, so we had, we were going to do like the ceremony with all the fans. So we go out there, it's still pouring rain and we had the cup out there 
fans are just getting soaked. We're jumping in the crowd, everything. And that was by far the coolest part. Just, you know, to interact with you know, the fans and having their support through all of it and, you know, giving back to them was, was cool. I also, I want to say too, um, you have like the coolest Instagram I've ever seen in my life. Like pictures with the cup pictures on the boats, like shaking champagne beard, whatever it might be like another oh, yeah. picture with the cup. It's just sick, man. Like how, how does that feel for you? Just like looking at your career right now and, and just even reflecting on the pictures, like your career in little squares on your Instagram. How's that for you? Yeah, it's, you know, I've, I've, I've done, you know, I've had the opportunity to, to play on good teams and play with good players and had the privilege of winning. And, um, you know, for me, I want to do the same thing here in Detroit. And I want to um, help these guys to my best of my abilities, win a, win a Stanley cup and win a championship. And, um, you know, the, the best part about, you know, winning is just finally accomplishing something you always thought about and always dreamed about as a kid. Right. And, you know, I remember, well, in road hockey, right. You always play for the cup. So it's, it's real and it's special. And, you know, to have my family name, you know, on the Stanley cup forever, it's, uh, it's truly, uh, truly remarkable. Yeah, that's that's just unbelievable. And for the the partying and stuff, it <clears throat> so my buddy, you obviously know him, Kyle Bowlers. He was there with you guys. Oh yeah, and he so, was. Yeah, he he documented literally the whole thing on Snap. So like, I'm I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, okay, like this feels like I'm literally at the party. So like, how funny was it to see him there? Like, also Saginaw alum. I don't know if you played with yeah, him. Yeah, I I, I, I played with him. Yeah. Oh yeah. So now, yeah. now you see him running around your cup party, losing it. It was so funny, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> funny stories. He's in the room with us after we win. And he's like, wherever we're sitting there, he's like, comes up, he's like, Cooch, Cooch, can we get a picture? So like, whatever. Cooch is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns him, who the hell is that guy? So he's like, <laughs> Bowles is full on in the room with everyone just partying. I don't know how he got down there or <laughs> I was I was losing my mind. He had a he had a Stanley Cup champion shirt hat on. He's smoking oh, cigars. Yeah. He's drinking out of the cup. I'm like, this guy literally won the cup. Oh yeah. He was I down there for like two months. It was it was crit. Can I ask what what's his connection with the team? Like, is he just, just he friends was, with uh, He's buddies with uh, Jamel Smith. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was wow. is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen from a guy who wasn't on the yeah. team. It was hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That, that's pretty sick. All right. Now we'll kind of flip it over to where you are now. And you get traded in the offseason to Detroit. And like you said, obviously, it's amazing being there and stuff. But did you have a uh, feeling that you were on the move after winning back-to-back Cups? Uh, honestly, no. I had no idea it was going to happen. But... Um... You know, I, I, I'm in a great spot here. Uh, the guys are awesome. The organization's, you know, top-notch. It's it's amazing here. And, um, no, I couldn't be happier in the situation I'm in right now. Yeah, and obviously a little bit of change of scenery. You go from Florida to Detroit and stuff, but you're closer to home now. And how did, how did you kind of find out you were traded? Was it – like, Wally's your agent, right? Yeah. Did Wally tell you or, like, did the team call you in? How did it work? 
No, yeah. So I was I was at the gym and my phone was ringing. It was Tampa's GM, Julian Breezebois. Uh He called me. Uh, he called me in the morning, told me I was, you know, traded to Detroit. And then I got on the phone with, with Steve and, um, you know, talked to, to a bunch of coaches the day and that night and a couple of days after. So, um, you know, everyone here was, you know, very welcoming. You know, a bunch of the guys that I, that I knew, Fabs. And um, I played with Ernie uh, in, in Syracuse, too. So um, they all reached out. So it was uh, – very big, warm welcome. And, um, the transition's been run really smooth. Mm-hmm. And what were the kind of the feelings and emotions? Like, obviously, winning two cups in your first two years is astonishing. It's unbelievable. And so, for you to to leave that city behind now and have a new beginning, what were your uh, thoughts and feelings on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, going coming from Tampa, you going to Detroit. It was a you know, for me, I thought it was uh, it was an opportunity for me to to grow as a person and as a player, and um, an opportunity for me to to earn more ice time and and earn a, a bigger role on a team. So, um, I've been happy with the transition, and um, you know, happy of you know where uh, the trajectory of this team's going. So we'll kind of, we kind of wrap things up generally with a couple of our segments that we we've sort of kept around the we go personality questions then some hard-hitting questions and we wrap it up with the fan questions here so some personality stuff uh if you couldn't play hockey what would you be doing i'd be a chef oh really oh, that cooking. legit eh yeah. i love cooking <laughs> oh yeah okay what's what's like what's your pregame meal uh chicken pasta obviously okay you make obviously. it or buy it uh usually i make it this year well you in junior i used to make it okay uh here you get your pregame meal for you national league bud yeah yeah Yeah. right my (laughs) bad i wouldn't know man yeah (laughs) um uh you cook for your girlfriend at all or what yeah oh gentlemen okay i cook she cleans okay yeah there it is. That's that's actually a, a nice that's little a, stuff you got. Yeah, that's a good exchange, right? That's fair. Yeah. Um, now, uh, what life lesson did you have to learn the hard way? Wow. Um, that one might go into the hard hitting questions seg- section. Yeah, that that is more of a hard hitter. Yeah, it's a tricky one. But yeah. Uh, that's a tough question. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe getting traded. That you learn any life lessons there? Yeah, I guess it's it's a business. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is a business. Um, okay. That's a simple answer. Just quick. Yeah. It's a business. That's yeah. all you need to know. Um, you've signed two NHL contracts so far. Uh, I'm curious how you like to spend your money or what you like to do with your money. I don't really spend my money too often. I buy a lot of shoes. That's about it. Shoe guy? I'm okay. a shoe guy. Yeah. Are you just a fashion guy overall? It looks like you got a good shirt on too. Yeah, just my dinner shirt. Going out for dinner soon. Okay. Um, no, I love I love Nike shoes. Nice shoes. Pretty much it. Do you work with Gavin, the hockey well specialist? No. Because I know Tipper does. Like we talked about this with him. Um, Different agency though. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't really matter what what who your agent is. Um well, I'll, I'll mention 
because we partnered up with Gavin hockey wealth specialists that uh, they're, they're just former hockey players who manage money for pro hockey players. Now Owen Tippett, obviously your cousin uses them and they uh, they'll tell you how much you're spending, what you're doing with your money, how to save so that uh, you know, after your hockey career is over, you might not need to work depending on what you want to do if you don't want to be working. But uh, yeah, just for the listeners, for any hockey players on the come up, check them out, gavingroup.ca and uh, you'll be, you'll be set for your financial future for life. So I just want a quick, quick shout out to Gavin and cards. You want to keep your, keep your rolling. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll spin it right into the hard hitting questions now and kind of a staple on the podcast. Now, the first question, what is the true meaning of love? True meaning of love. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about hockey here. Yeah. <laughs> uh unconditional okay one word answer would your girlfriend yeah. approve of that one i hope so um are there any conspiracy theories you believe in no okay okay how do you deal with failure how do i deal with failure just do it right the next time pretty much <laughs> figure out what i figure out what i did wrong yeah, fair enough. Do it, do it again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, all right, we'll take it to the fan questions. Just a few for you. First one, everyone wants to know what stick do you use and what specs on it? Uh, I'm a CCM guy. 85 flex, sort of like a sack ick with a little bit of a toe. Uh, right hand shot, extra grip. Okay. Who's your favorite person to follow on Twitter? Twitter. Uh, I don't know. Or Insta for that matter. I like following Ryan Reynolds on Instagram. Okay. He's, got some, he's got some funny stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Barstool guys are always good too. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Fortnoy yeah. or one of those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's the best chirper you've ever played with? I don't know. Who's it's a good a chirper one. on Detroit? Larks. When Larks gets heated, he gets he throws some good ones out there. Okay. Well, yeah, we we saw him get heated a few weeks ago. Actually, I want to oh, know yeah. about this. How fun? Like that was insane, bro. Like he, it was so funny to watch. Like what was it like being there? <laughs> oh, I we couldn't see it from the the bench. Oh no! So we didn't know. We didn't know what happened. And then we looked up at the jumbotron. And he just suckers them. <laughs> like oh, Jesus! And that was your that was your old team too, was it? Didn't he get yeah, Joseph? Yeah. yeah, he got Joseph. That's hilarious, man. What were were you? Okay, tell us about that game. You got to play them so soon after. Like, what was that like? Were you ripping the boys? Were they chirping you? No, it was weird. Um, no, I saw I saw most of the like the trainers and everything before got to see those guys but you know my first game go figure is against against tampa so mm-hmm. um you know, i had a couple hey how's it going and warm up a couple nods but um no it was it was definitely weird playing the, your your old team first but you had to get it out of the way somehow right yeah didn't you guys didn't you won too like six one right no we were up Oh, yeah, that was that crazy. We were up like 6-3 and lost 7-6 in overtime. Yeah. We were up like 5-1 at one point, too, I think, in the yeah. third, maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's that tough to that's lose. That's so – yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Especially with the amount of money that was on the board, too. Yeah. Oh, 
Ah, uh, well, you don't first mind game. That. You don't mind that. You keep that rate right in your pocket. So, yeah, it just goes right up the next game. Yeah, true. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's better at hockey, you or Owen Tippett? Me. <laughs> I wonder what yeah. he would say. No, no, that guy, he's he's sick. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I want to put a spin on that question because we were talking about golf. Like you played at Best Pro, where I play here in Barry and yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And so, who's better at golf? Because I know Tipper's caliber really well. So, how are you? I, I, I think I'm a better golfer than Tipper. Yeah, he's gotten way. We're, we're honestly we're pretty sim- we're like very similar. Yeah. And he's he's gotten pretty good though. Like he used to be junk. He yeah, was sick gotten, when we like, played at we played Oshawa like a couple of years ago. He's a lot better. Yeah, for sure. I I keep remembering that one shot he hit cards when we were there at OGC. The one uh I don't remember what hole, but the one where there's the hill on the green and he he's perfect lands on the hill and it rolls within five feet of the green. Remember that? Yeah, number four. That was a dart. It was unbelievable. Yeah. The red rocket. The red yeah. rocket. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, what did you dress up as for Halloween? Uh, I was Napoleon Dynamite, and my girlfriend was Pedro. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I was just about to say, who's Pedro? You yeah, steward. she was Pedro. It was hilarious. That's right. awesome. Uh, last one. I don't know if this will be funny or not, but have you ever been to a Russian dinner with Kucherov, Vasilevsky, and Sergachev? No. Okay. How are those guys in the room? Just are they on their own bubble, like like chirping each other in Russian and stuff, or what? Yeah, I mean they they're always talking to the other guys too, but for the most part, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and just one for for me because I don't get to watch the Red Wings really. But uh, who are, who are you on a line with? Uh, changes, you know, from game to game. But uh, playing with Sam Gagne and a lot. Uh, Carter Rowney, uh, Giovanni Smith. Oh yeah, uh, we gotta get we gotta get him on the pod. I, I have some stuff on him. Yeah, can you can you hook us up? Yeah, I'll get. I'll, we I'll gotta get him. We talked about him one time. Cards, remember that story when he flipped off the crowd in kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. We gotta get him on just just to hear about that solely. We could talk an hour about what was going through his head there. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that that'd be fun. Anyway, from from me, I I know you gotta get going to dinner and stuff, but that's all I have. I wanna I'll I'll let cards finish up, but I just want to thank you personally for for taking the time, especially on the road and stuff. It means a lot, and a uh, guy of your caliber to come on our podcast. Myself and all the listeners appreciate it. So I I just want to thank you for the time. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and Chubby, a pleasure today to hear from you and hear about your story. And obviously, it's pretty sick to hear about the cups and stuff. And obviously unbelievable accomplishment and much more to come in your career. So best of luck tomorrow in Montreal. Go get some uh, talks and keep the Red Wings rolling. Appreciate it guys. Thanks. I want to thank Chubby for that one. Good interview. It was pretty cool having a guy like him on of his caliber. Like I said, two times Stanley cup champ. So we've had a few cup champs on the pod now to, to what's it called? Pat our own shoulders or whatever. So pat our backs. Yeah. Yeah. And give yourself a pat on the, pat her own shoulders here. no no <laughs> pat yourself it's it's pat yourself on the back there rascal help yeah. you out. but um no it was, it was a good one um no he's a great dude like we talked about and yeah so it was a good to hear from him and it's funny because like all of our cup champs are young like we haven't had a grizzled cup champ on and i think we should maybe talk he's to still him very young i mean 24 yeah oh yeah, yeah. That's, 
That's what I mean. Like, oh yeah, I'd yeah, like yeah. to get. I'd like to get like a really old cup champ on a guy who had, like um, got late in his career. Like all the guys we've gotten have been like walk into the league. Oh, here's a cup. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, like, we should uh, look into that, man. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, you said Ovechkin earlier on in the episode, so we might as well yeah. just get him. He had to fight for get him. him. I'll send him a text. No, um, Lappy. Lappy could hook us up. Lappy, man, Lappy. He can get us a Washington guy, and like, what if he gets us Oshi? Him and Oshi are boys now. Yeah, true. I'll text Lappy, see what I can do. That would be huge. Maybe we even get Lappy back on. But um, I'm uh, this is just a random question. But do we know when the next Bachelor season's starting up? It's already on. It's the, it's Bachelorette right now, and it's it's when, one of the oh four. yeah. I knew the Bachelorette. When's the Bachelor start though? Not sure. Not for a while. It won't be till after the Bachelorette. So okay, because maybe we get buzzing on the Bachelor wagon again. Yeah, I think in the new year, if it, if it starts then, then we'll have to, for sure. Okay. Um, I mean, the Bills win again over Miami. What's the Bills' record right now? Let me pull it up. The Bills are 5-2-0. and oh, So, Bills are, Bills are buzzing, and your Cowboys got another win. Yeah, of course. 6-1, and one, bud. Best team in the league. The Packers are 7-1. and one. Yeah, the Packers are obviously amazing. But I think it's it just has to do with your ownership, like – you're just putting that team in a good spot every week to win. Yeah, I don't I don't like to brag about it, but I actually am probably the best owner in the league and just, you know, send the boys a good message before every game. So yeah, it's basically a tribute to success to me. Aaron, me and Aaron Rodgers are boys, by the way. We'll get him on the pod. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we might as well talk about football sometimes. So give him some love. Is we'll he on. very like hated around the league and stuff? I don't know why. I've just I've heard a lot of people just say like they hate him. I, I, yeah, I he, hasn't, he hasn't had a great attitude about like the whole Green Bay thing. Like it's been yeah. a bit of a gone show there, so I can understand why. But I'll have to yeah, talk to no. him then. I eh? get that. Yeah, you have to <laughs> just sit him down and give him a talking to. <laughs> yeah, so I want to actually uh, kind of do my outro now, and this week I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Have an amazing week. All right, bye.